Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. America, happy Friday. We got a special treat for you. Today is day one of a month-long project to interview as many, if not all, of the presidential candidates vying for the 2024 presidential nominations in the Republican and Democratic Party. We have invites out to all of them. The first one to join, compliments of our partner, Association for Mature American Citizens, or AMAC, is Vivek Ramaswamy, one of the youngest Republican presidential candidates in history, under the age of 40, successful businessman and CEO of billion-dollar companies. He's going to spend the whole hour describing for us his policies, why he is running for president, what he would do about the border, what he would do about Social Security, Medicare, what he would do about crime in the cities, why he supports President Trump but thinks he's a better alternative. He'll describe all that in this interview alongside Rebecca Weber, the CEO of AMAC and one of my good friends. It's a very special interview, lots of substance. Tonight, it will be Vivek Ramaswamy. On Monday, we're going to have President Trump and we got a whole bunch more lined up. Governor, Berg, Governor Burgum of North Dakota and Governor DeSantis of Florida, Ambassador Nikki Haley, maybe Robert F. Kennedy. We'd like to have Joe Biden on. We'll see if he takes us up, though he seems to like to hide in the White House, but we'll see. We'll have all of them. So today's show, real simple. Sit back and enjoy one hour conversation about policies and issues, not gotchas and, and opinions, with Vivek Ramaswamy right after these commercial messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. 
Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. I think it's time that we get started, and it seems fitting that the first ever AMAC Just the News Election Town Hall gets started with one of the freshest and youngest faces on the Republican debate stage. Since he announced his candidacy a few months ago, business entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy has lit up the campaign trail, drawing the intrigue of young and older voters alike, and consistently polling in the double digits with promises to fundamentally rewire and shrink the size of Washington. And he joins us right now. Vivek, great to have you here today. It's good to see you, Jack. Uh, a lot of people are excited about where we're headed. And I think one of the first things that we're going through, where we're learning all the failures that occurred during COVID-19, during the pandemic. I think a lot of people want to know, how will you rewire the public health system? How will you restore confidence in the government institutions that let us down during the pandemic? I think one of the first basic principles, the next time we face something like this, and I hope we never do again, but we have to be prepared to learn the lessons, is no restrictions on speech. That's the first thing. If we had been allowed to debate the merits of those lockdowns, we would not have locked down those schools and those cities. If we had been allowed to debate the merits of those vaccine mandates, I think we can now say with confidence that those vaccines would not have been mandated and we would have surfaced many of the side effects and risks earlier. So the path to truth runs through free speech, especially in times of so-called emergency. That's the first lesson. And the second lesson is that individual choice always governs. Give people the information. Let them make the decisions for themselves, from masks to vaccines to whether or not they shop or send their kids to schools. That decision should belong to the people. It should never be made a centralized decision in government. And I think one of the important things we have to also learn is there were actors in our own government that broke the law, that likely broke the law. When you think about funding, for the origin of the pandemic through research in a lab in Wuhan, all the way to other special interests whose really, I think, tentacles were in this process. We have to have accountability or else we can expect even worse in the future. That's how I'm going to lead as commander in chief. Excellent, Vivek. Thanks again for being here. Uh, speaking of accountability, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Social Security. You have said, quote, Social Security reform, Medicare reform, that's got to be somebody else's job down the line. What is your response to voters who are concerned by the reality that Social Security will run out of money and Medicare in 10 years, that is, and Medicare even sooner? 
Well, to be very clear, what I have said is no Social Security cuts or Medicare cuts for seniors. Full stop, and we're going to hold our word on that. But I have a much clearer path for how we actually address our $33 trillion national debt problem. It's going to take a CEO in the White House to do it. I've built multi-billion dollar companies as a CEO. I'm a young person from the next generation that's going to be affected by this crisis. And I'm serious about addressing it with zero-based budgeting. That's how many companies are well run. I've taken similar approaches in the companies that I've built. Start with zero as the baseline and then ask what's actually necessary instead of just using last year's budget as the default. That's the problem in Washington, D.C. It's the problem in states across this union, too. Yes, Democrat states get it wrong, but there isn't even a single red state that does it this way. That's how I'm going to do it in Washington, D.C. Start with zero as the baseline. And what we'll learn is we'll have a 75% headcount reduction in the bureaucrats in this town in Washington, D.C. We will shut down redundant government agencies that should not exist. Combine that with my energy policies. Drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear energy. Use the wealth underneath the ground in our own country. That's how we address the national debt problem without having silly debates about cutting Social Security or Medicare for seniors. That will not happen on my watch but we will have a sensible approach to actually taking on the national deficit that's going to take a CEO and an outsider. And I think someone from the next generation to actually get that job done. And I think that's what's different about me versus any other candidate in this race. Vivek, uh, there are a lot of people concerned about the border. It used to be Texas and Arizona always bore the brunt of it, but now every state is a border state. Every community is a border state. Even Democrats yes, are crying uncle on their own policies. What are the first reactions you would take as president to tighten up border security? Well, immediately I will send our troops to the border. Instead of using our own troops to protect against an invasion of somebody else's border, let's use our own military to defend against our own southern border and, if necessary, our northern border, too. But the best and easiest border policy, you know what it is? Stop creating the incentives for illegal migrants to actually come here in the first place. This is something that many Democrat governors and presidents are guilty of, but some Republicans, too. I want to end any funding for sanctuary cities, end foreign aid to Central America and Mexico until they've dealt with their side of this border crisis. And I mean, even certain Republican governors, this is shameful, have created in-state tuition rates for illegal immigrants to this country, even as Americans from neighboring states would have to pay three times that tuition to go to college. That doesn't make any sense. Put an end to this culture of lawlessness where we reward people who break the law. And then the biggest one where I've gone further than any Republican in this race with detail is ending birthright citizenship for the kids of illegal immigrants. That was something the 14th Amendment never intended. I've offered a clear legal basis for why. Just as the kid of a diplomat from Mexico does not enjoy birthright citizenship, and there isn't a legal scholar in this country who disagrees with me on that, Neither should somebody who crossed the border illegally from Mexico enjoy it for their kids either. And that's going to be a clear set of policies that will solve this crisis by March of 2025, as long as I'm the person who actually takes office in January of 2025. I just want to follow up to that. Now, you've called for universally deporting illegal immigrants uh, have opposed any path to legal residency. But what would you say to the mothers and fathers, perhaps, who have been here for years, even decades, and yes. built a life for their children? Uh, right. And and so tell us your answer to that, sir. Sure. And I acknowledge that's a difficult question. 
I don't blame most of those families. I blame our own federal government who has given them a wink and a nod to come to this country. So let's be very honest. And I say this as the father of two sons myself. If we're being honest, if many of us were in their shoes in Guatemala or Nicaragua or Venezuela looking for a better life for our kids and see a U.S. president who says, hey, it's okay, come on and we basically have an open border, maybe we would have done the same thing. That's the human side we have to preserve as our inner compassion here. But we're a nation founded on the rule of law. So with compassion, with dignity, without breaking up family units, we'll take the entire family unit. Yes, we have to stand for the rule of law. We have to return them to their country of origin. Again, speaking as a father, I'd have a hard time looking my two sons in the eye and say, you have to follow the law if the government doesn't follow its own laws. And I'm the president of the United States leading that government. But for the subset of people who have shown themselves to be law-abiding citizens, make contributions to this country, they should be able to still get in line for the legal path back into this country, which we will, I think, fix in many ways. Not to say that that's just going to open the floodgates, far from it, but we'll take a rational approach. The purpose of our immigration policy should be, first and foremost, to protect the interests of Americans here in the homeland. That's the purpose of our immigration policy. And so the amnesty system has been badly abused. We're granting amnesty to people who were never really undergoing political persecution. And that's going to change on my watch. I will do it with compassion. I will do it with respect and dignity for every human being involved. But we have to stand for the rule of law without compromise. Folks, do anywhere more with my exclusive interview with Vivek Ramaswamy alongside of Rebecca Weber of AMAC in this AMAC Just the News special project. A presidential town hall with Vivek Ramaswamy right after these messages. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. 
Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Vivek, one of the great things about Real America's Voice in AMAC, we have members all over the country. They're watching. We've got a video question that came in for you from Mark M. Uh, in Ohio's 8th District. And he asked, we're going to play that here for you and have you answer his question. Thank you. My name is Mark Maltby. I'm a chapter leader for AMAC Action Ohio 08. And my question is, what will you do to allow Americans to be proud of their country and to trust through a verification process, their government, the politicians, and bureaucrats within, restoring hope, pride, and accountability. Thank you. So look, I think that that's a great question because people don't trust the government today, but why doesn't the government, why don't people trust the government? It's because the government doesn't trust the people with the truth. Trust is a two-way relationship. And I'm gonna embrace that when I'm your next president. Here's what I've said. On day one, we will release what I call the state action files. It's the equivalent of what Elon Musk did at Twitter with the Twitter files. Any time a government actor has pressured a private company to do through the back door what government couldn't do through the front door, we will publish it so that everybody can see. We will roll that log over, see what crawls out. We will bring honesty back to government, tell them the truth, not just when it's easy, but when it is hard. How is our money being spent in Ukraine? How the same questions they hid in Iraq and Afghanistan. They're now hiding in Ukraine. So embracing that principle of truth and candor with the American people, that's what I'm going to bring to the table. Now, the other thing we need to do in the next generation of Americans is revive our sense of national pride. Young people are not proud of a country that they're taught to hate, especially when they haven't learned the basics about that country. So my view is every high school senior who graduates from 12th grade should be able to pass the same civics test that every immigrant has to pass in order to become a voting citizen of this country. That's what our founding fathers envisioned. You have to have skin in the game to actually play in the game and be a citizen, capital C, citizen of a nation. And that's that civic spirit that I'm committed to reviving as the next president. And as the youngest person ever to run for U.S. president as a Republican, as the youngest president in our history, if and when I'm elected, that's my responsibility to reach that next generation and revive our missing national identity. What does it mean to be an American? You ask young people today, most people today, that question. You get a blank stare in response. That is the vacuum. That is the void that we have to fill. And for a long time, we conservatives, we have just been complaining about the other side. We've been running from something. 
Now is our moment to start running to something that will take the right commander in chief to acknowledge the real divide in this country isn't between Republicans and Democrats or black and white, as the traditional media would have you believe. It is between the majority of us who love this country and our founding ideals and a fringe minority that has the Democrat Party in a chokehold who hates this country and what we stand for. We need a general, a commander in chief who understands we're in that war. You have to know you're in a war to win one, but who will lead us to actually win. As Ronald Reagan said it, my policy in this country is very simple. We win, they lose. That's how it's going to work on my watch. Vivek, as a grandmother, I'm very concerned that our young children are going to school. They're being introduced to this woke ideology and indoctrination. As president, how will you help protect our youth in the public school system? And will you fight to prevent boys from playing in girls sports? Absolutely. I'm going to say this. It makes a lot of people mad when I do, but it's the truth. Transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. When you're a boy and you think you're a girl, we don't do you a favor as adults when we affirm your confusion. That is not compassion. That is cruelty. And so what we need to do is as adults actually lead the way. Say that, you know what? Those kids need help. I met two young women, Chloe and Katie, early on in this campaign. They're in their 20s now. They went through, in one case, a hysterectomy. In another case, a double mastectomy, cutting off both of their breasts in their teenage years. These young women in their 20s now regret their decision. We will look back as a country, even 20 years from now, and say that was barbaric, that we allowed that to happen. But we need a commander in chief with a spine to set policies in this country to say, you know what? We are a free country. So if you're an adult and you want to dress how you want, I'm not going to stop you. But that's not really what's going on in the country today. In the name of protecting against the tyranny of the majority, we have created a new tyranny of the minority. So you're not going to change the way we compete in sports, young women or men alike. You're not going to change which bathrooms we use. You're not going to change our language. And most importantly, you aren't going to poison our kids with this toxic doctrine ban genital mutilation or chemical castration in kids under the age of 18. If you can't get a tattoo by the age of 18, you shouldn't be able to undergo that kind of genital mutilation by the age of 18 either. Basic common sense policies that most Americans agree with. And I refuse to engage in this charade where you now have a tyranny, not of the majority, but of a fringe minority. And we need a commander in chief who understands we are in a cold cultural civil war in this country. We win, they lose. That's how it happens on my watch. But the good news is 80 plus percent of this country is on our side of this issue. And half the 20 percent are people younger than me who never learned our national ideals in the first place. We're going to bring them along, too. That's why it's going to take somebody of a different generation with fresh legs. Yes, I'm an unapologetic America first conservative, but I think it's going to take an America first conservative who comes from that different generation with fresh legs, who hasn't yet been wounded in that war to actually see this through. And that's what I'm going to accomplish. Vivek, one of the places when you talk to world leaders and they say, how are you turning out all these children that either hate America or don't understand America? It's your own country. You're not turning them out. The two places that come up most regularly, teachers unions and secondary education, college education. Yes. What are some of your plans for changing the dynamics that are working both of those locations? The first and easiest thing I'm going to be able to do as commander in chief, and I'll do it in month one, is shut down the U.S. Department of Education. It should not exist. 
that $80 billion, put it back in the hands of parents. Parents determine the education of their children. That's a North Star principle, not the federal government, not any government. Yet today what's happening is the federal government is using our taxpayer dollars to foist a one-sided radical agenda onto local schools across this country. So I applaud those many parents who are showing up at school board meetings and pushing back. But there's a deeper systemic failure where those school boards are responding to incentives created by none other than the federal government itself. That has to end, and it will end on my watch. Now, those states at the state level need to abolish teachers' unions. Think about it. If you're a public school teacher and you're unionizing, who exactly are you unionizing against? It's not John D. Rockefeller. It's not the corporate monopolies. If you're a public teacher and you're unionizing, you're unionizing against the very kids you're supposed to be serving. That is wrong. And I think that we wouldn't have had those COVID school closures had it not been for the effect of teachers unions. They blow woke smoke now to deflect accountability. What did they start saying recently? Math is racist. Two plus two equals four. No, that's not racist. But what might be inequitable is the inner city schools across this country shuttering for two years while people who went to private schools happen to be able to send their kids to school without closure. And those teachers were just fine. Now, looking back at it, so were the students. So what they're doing is they're blowing woke smoke to deflect accountability for their own failures. That's what's happening in our military. That's what's happening in corporate America. And I think it takes somebody who understands that, who understands that dynamic. They don't believe this woke nonsense. They're using it as a deflection tool to get the left to stay quiet about the actual injustices that they're creating for underprivileged kids across this country. And so I stand, yes, on the moral high ground on this issue and say, we will lift up all Americans, black or white, man or woman, young or old, it doesn't matter. That's what it really means to put America first. But I think when we stand on principle, we go further with our own agenda than if we're just playing superficial sparring based on vengeance. Excellent. Uh, Vivek, another question from an AMAC member. You wrote in your book, Nation of Victims, that you disagreed with President Trump's tariff policies. Now, what action would you instead take to protect American workers and stop the massive offshoring of jobs to other countries? We see that they're going to India, Vietnam, yep. the Philippines, China. So you mentioned China. And the context in which I mentioned this was actually vis-a-vis -vis declaring independence from China. I think making sure that workers are well taken care of here in the United States is a vital priority. But when I'm looking at this as commander in chief, my top goal in year one will be to declare economic independence from China. We cannot depend on our enemy for our modern way of life. Today, we're addicted to China from the shoes on our feet to the phones in our pockets to the semiconductors that power our modern way of life to our pharmaceutical supply chain, which they could poison in an instant to even our defense industrial base, the F-35s and other military equipment that we make in this country, depends on China. That makes no sense. If you think about it, God forbid we're in a conflict scenario with China, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to cut us off. And so what I've said is I'm really serious about cutting the cord from China. That means that we have to bring a lot of that production back to the United States, but I'm also honest about it. We can't on day one immediately onshore all of that to the U.S. 
which means we're going to have to work with South Korea and Japan and India and Australia and other countries to rapidly, most rapidly cut ourselves off from China. And I think any America first conservative who is truly serious about decoupling from China, and I am, will have to be honest and level with the American people that it will take, yes, onshoring is our first best approach, of course. But in the meantime, until we've done it, use our allies to make sure that we reduce our dependence on China as well. That's where I'm coming from. Don't go anywhere, folks. We got a lot more with Vivek Ramaswamy, Rebecca Mareber, and I right after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Vic, there are two crises uh, facing on the world stage, America. One of them is the Ukraine war with Russia. You've been very clear where you stand on that. The second is China. And the aid to Ukraine. That's where I stand on. Right, 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 yep. And then on China, the, the threat that maybe one day they will invade Taiwan. Tell us yes. what policy decisions you make to try to prevent China from invading Taiwan and where you would uh, try to bring an end to the Russia. Sure. Ukraine and these are related. Actually. They are. So the first thing I've said is that we need a reasonable path to peace in Ukraine because this war does not advance American interests. Is Vladimir Putin a craven dictator? Yes, he is. But that does not mean Ukraine is good. This is a country that has banned 11 opposition parties. It is a country that has 
consolidated all media into one state media arm. Last week, its president was praising a Nazi in his own ranks. They've threatened not to hold elections unless the U.S. forks over more money. Now let's level with them about the regions of the Donbass that are occupied. Luhansk, Donetsk. These are regions that are principally Russian-speaking regions that are not even represented in Ukraine's government and haven't been for a decade and don't even view themselves as part of Ukraine. So against the backdrop of those facts, are we going to march our way into some major conflict? I don't think we should be. That does not advance American interests. It's not just the money. It's the risk of major conflict. So what I would say is let's have a reasonable path to peace there. Make a permanent commitment that NATO will not admit Ukraine to NATO, but in return, require Russia to exit its military partnership with China. Now, that weakens China. Now, Xi Jinping is going to have to think twice before going after Taiwan, because right now, Xi Jinping's bet is that the U.S. won't want to go to war with Russia and China at the same time. But if Russia is no longer treaty bound with China, then Xi Jinping has to at least think twice before going for Taiwan. Then let's get India in the mix. And I'm not just saying that because my name's Vivek Ramaswamy. Having to be honest with you, I can help us rebuild trust with India, but get the Indian Navy to be willing to block the Andaman Sea in a way in the Malacca Strait in the event of conflict with China. That's where China gets its Middle Eastern oil supplies. I've also been clear in a way that neither political party has that we will defend Taiwan in the case of an invasion at least until the U.S. achieves semiconductor independence. Right now, we depend on Taiwan for semiconductors that power our modern way of life. At least until we achieve semiconductor independence to onshore to the United States, after which we'll resume our current position, which is strategic ambiguity. So other neocons have criticized me for that position, saying that, oh, well, you know, why does he say only until semiconductor independence? I said, let's get real, folks. Right now, the U.S. position in both parties is to adopt the one China policy that refuses to say whether we'll defend Taiwan. In fact, they made fun of Donald Trump for even daring to pick up a phone call from the Taiwanese president. Well, that's nonsense. I think that's not enough. We have to say that we will defend Taiwan, but I believe in drawing clear and credible red lines that we can actually stand behind. And then after that, when we're in a better position, when we've onshored our defense industrial base, and protected the homeland, we move to saying that our current position of ambiguity will become our position again later, but we're when, when we're in a stronger position. So yes, I trust the American people. The political consultants say, oh, that's too complicated. You got to simplify it. No, I trust the American people to be able to understand we live in complicated times. That requires leaders. This goes back to trust. Leaders who trust the people. Trust is a two-way relationship. And so people can trust me as our commander in chief, because I will trust them back with the truth. And you know what? If that's not the winning electoral strategy, then so be it. I would rather lose this election and speak the truth with nuance and trusting the people at every step than to win by playing some carefully crafted political snakes and ladders. I refuse to do that. Now, Vivek, inflation has already cost the average American family $10,000 a year, putting tremendous strain on low and middle class parents who are working overtime to really make ends meet. And families just can't afford to buy homes with interest rates above 7%. What would you do as president to lower inflation and get the economy back on track? So one of the easiest steps we can take to address inflation and grow the economy is unlock American energy. 
abandoned this climate cult that shackles the United States while leaving China untouched. Let's drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear energy, all of the above for American energy production. Put people back to work by no longer using taxpayer money to pay them more to stay at home. These are easy steps we can take. And then the other thing is I've said as U.S. president, I view a majority of current federal regulations coming from those three-letter government agencies as fundamentally unconstitutional. They fail the test of West Virginia versus EPA, which said that these coal industry regulations are unconstitutional. Well, if the Supreme Court said that for those regulations, that means most federal regulations are unconstitutional too. Rescind those on day one. That takes the constraints, the shackles off our economy. That's how we deliver economic growth. That's how we revive American prosperity. And I've also talked about addressing that national debt crisis through that zero-based budgeting. This is how we think on the timescales of history while unlocking our own economy here at home. And most importantly, reviving the integrity of our constitutional republic, which has three branches of government, not four. That fourth administrative state, the deep state, the shadow government. That's what we're going to shut down. That's good for our economy. And that's good for our constitutional republic. Sir, uh, we have congressmen that are being carjacked at the Navy Yard and assaulted in their elevators in their own homes in Washington, D.C. You go to Chicago, there are people being shot dead every day. Crime waves have taken over large parts of this country because of democratic policies in these urban areas. What can you do as president to force a cultural change in these cities to go back to law and order? Well, I think one of the things that we have to do is stop paying people to do the exact opposite of what's best for them. Now, think about what's driving a lot of this lawlessness. It's people who grow up in fatherless homes. We have a 25% epidemic of fatherlessness in the United States. And you don't know why we have it? Because the government is paying for it. They'll pay single mothers in the inner city more money not to have a man in the house than to have a man in the house. That is nonsense. We're using taxpayer money to do it. And that's why fatherlessness and crime is much higher than it was 60 or 70 years ago in this country. Lyndon Johnson's Great Society gave that to us. So that's part of the answer to this question. But we also know how to address crime in this country. More cops on the streets who are actually able to do their jobs without looking over their shoulders for fear of being sued. And then bring back those mental health institutions. Many people, I mean, a quarter of police-related fatalities involve someone suffering from a mental health institution. We have more people in prison who suffer from mental health today than in mental health institutions. And then they're let out early and they're worse off in the, their mental health than even when they went into prison. That leads to recidivism and committing more crimes. Yes, it's politically incorrect to talk about this, but we have to talk about the truth. Were there abuses in past decades? Yes, there were. We shouldn't have those abuses today. But we have to bring back those mental health institutions. Does that mean pumping people up with pharmaceuticals? No, it doesn't. Bring back faith-based approaches, other approaches that address that basic mental health epidemic that's driving violent crime across the country. You see Democrats resorting to the virtue signaling again, saying we have to remove guns from law-abiding citizens. That's wrong. The right answer is remove psychiatrically ill, dangerous people from their communities when necessary. Put cops on the streets. Let them actually do their jobs. We've tackled this before in the 1990s. The question is not a technical challenge. We know how to do it. It's a challenge of political will that takes a president and leadership with a spine. That's what I'm going to bring to the table in reading this, leading this country and restoring our foundation of the rule of law. That's part of what it means to be an American.
Very good. Just over a year ago, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, protecting the lives of mothers and their unborn children. And uh, this is such an important issue to so many Americans, especially to Christians like me. Yet Republicans, it seems that they often back down on the issue because pollsters say it's a losing issue. How do you think Republicans should appro- uh, approach the life issue in 2024? I think we should not back down from our convictions. I am pro-life and I don't apologize for it. Frankly, I'm disappointed by candidates like Nikki Haley, who have had a lot to say about this issue, but without saying a single thing, not once even taking a position on whether she would sign a 15-week federal abortion ban, despite taking all the credit for speaking about the issue. I think politicians like that are yesterday's politicians. We have to answer what we actually stand for. So here's where I am. I want to see the pro-life movement and myself as part of it talk more about reasonable paths to adoption, to child care, to greater sexual responsibility for men. Okay, you want to talk about genetic paternity tests? Well, let's put more financial and non-financial responsibilities on the shoulders of men. And I say that as a man, that can help unify this country around that issue. At the same time, I'm a 10th Amendment absolutist. Roe versus Wade was wrongly decided this needs to be led by the states. But I think more Americans share our pro-life convictions than are willing to admit it. Take the case that Clarence Thomas raised of a pregnant woman walking down the street. She's assaulted. The unborn child dies as a result. Find me one American in this country who says that that criminal doesn't deserve liability for that death. You won't find one. Well, that says we most of us share these pro-life instincts in common. The way I'm going to lead us is to say that this is not about men's rights or women's rights. It's about human rights. And that's how I'm going to make sure we don't divide this country without also compromising on our principles, which I will never do. That's what it takes in a real commander in chief with the spine. Um, Vivek, we're getting to the end of this. It's been an incredibly substantive conversation. When people go into the voting booth in about 100 days and begin the primary caucus process, what's the question that you want them to ask themselves before they pull that lever? How are we going to reunite this country and take our America first agenda to the next level? There are really only two America first candidates in this race. That's Donald Trump and myself. It will take an outsider who's not captured by the super PAC industrial complex. You know what? Every candidate, it's just a hard fact. I think people should know this. I've learned this through this dirty process. Every candidate dances to the tune of their biggest donor. In my case, that biggest donor is me. And so that's the kind of independence it's going to take to actually revive our country. But between Donald Trump and myself, there's one big difference. I'm young. I have fresh legs. Um, Yes, we are in a war in this country, but I think we need in the next phase a commander in chief who hasn't yet been wounded by that war, a commander in chief who has fresh legs. So I will honor Donald Trump and his legacy as I have in this campaign. I will continue to do as the U.S. president more than anybody else will. But I will reunite this country and reach the next generation in the process because I am from that next generation. That's what it's going to take to take our own America first movement to the next level. And yes, by the time I leave office in January 2033, when my two sons are entering high school, we will have shut down the administrative state. We will have declared independence from China. We will have grown the economy, kept us out of World War III, But most importantly, my two sons and their generation will once again be proud to be citizens of this nation. That's the way I'm going to lead this country and reunite us. And I think I'm in this race because I'm the only candidate who can do that. 
And if people ask me to serve as their president by voting me in, we will get that job done. One more block with Vivek Ramaswamy right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, Americans, to this town hall brought to you by our good friends at AMAC. Wow, uh, Rebecca, I've done a lot of interviews going back to 1984 when I covered my first presidential race, Morning in America with Reagan. One of the most substantive interviews I think I can remember uh, in a long time uh, with a candidate. Your thoughts on what you heard from Vivek Ramaswamy today? I thought it was incredible. I mean, he did have a lot of substance there, John. And, and I thought it was interesting. I mean, he's got a clear vision for how he wants to go after these unions, I think he really recognizes that America can't afford to ignore this homelessness issue. And it's bigger than just people living on the street. We're dealing with people who do uh, battle with real men- mental illness. So I thought that those were some fresh ideas to really uh, come up with solutions that are good for all Americans, including those people who are really homeless living on the streets and and causing uh, a lot of issues across, you know, uh, almost every major town in America today, John. And it was really unafraid to address the mental health issue, which a lot of people dance around in this town. They have for years, uh, but it's something that's going to have to be addressed. I thought another place where he didn't dance around was uh, the presumptive leader of the Republican Party, Donald Trump. He's not running from Donald Trump. He's running alongside of Donald Trump. His point is he thinks he can run a little faster and better because he's younger. The way he positioned himself as a successor to Donald Trump was pretty key in that interview. What did you take away from that? Yeah, I mean, it is good to see some young energy and, as he put it, some fresh legs. Uh, I think it's good, though, that he is focusing on the issues that matter to so many Americans. And that is the America first, you know, putting America first and bringing back that love of country. I'm worried, John. I, t- I said it to Vivek in the, in the interview. I am a grandmother. I've got children in school. And we see that kids are being raised today to really almost not like the country that they live in. We are the greatest country in the world, and we need to remind our children. We don't want them to learn the hard way. Uh, A lot of headlines, I thought, in the answers. Uh, First time I've heard him say certain things. 
uh, abolishing teachers union, saying it's silly to have a union that's actually negotiating against the parents and government that employs them. Uh, how do you think that's going to play among the AMAC citizenry? Our AMAC members are going to love hearing that message. It really is truly almost a number one issue. They want to see uh, the border wall address, but they really want to see our children uh, protected. This is the future of America, and mature Americans know all too well that that our youngsters uh, will define the future of this great country. So uh, they're going to love that, love hearing his his strong America first policies. Yeah. And I think on foreign policy, a much more sophisticated answer on Ukraine and China and also linking Russia and China together as a foreign policy chessboard. Thought that was interesting. First time I've heard him talk that way. Uh, what did you take away from that part? You know, it's so important. We should be talking more about the China threat. It is so important. Uh, and we need to be spending money here at home to ensure that we have a safe America. We need to put money towards protecting American citizens first, not criminals and not other citizens in other countries. We need to focus on America. He was clear that that was something he would be sure to make happen. Uh, I thought one of the more uh, personal moments came, uh, Rebecca, when you asked the question uh, to Vivek about moms and dads who've been here for a long time. They were let in under the color of law by Joe Biden or Barack Obama before their open border policies. And he acknowledging, hey, there is some compassion and some things we got to think about here. I think it was one of the best moments in the interview. It was a great question by you. Uh, how do you think that's going to play out in the real world? You know, this is really tough. It's tough because you do have a lot of innocent people that are here in America at no no fault of their own. They were brought over by parents or perhaps trafficked over. Perhaps they were uh, brought over against their own will. Here they are in America, hopefully trying to um, set up a decent life for themselves. How do you deal with those people? We can't forget that they do exist. I think it's very clear though, we've got to make sure that we get rid of the, the, the real danger, the dangerous cartels that are flooding over the, coming over into the border and just really wreaking havoc uh, and we see, you know, on the crime issue, John, I thought you had a great question there on the crime issue because we see it's out of control. He had some really good feedback there. Yeah, no doubt. And no doubt doubling down on law enforcement, something I think Democrats have a little bit of buyer's remorse after the defund the police moment. When we were in the commercial break and we were untethered, we got an extra question in with Vivek. He was gracious enough to answer it. All the things going on Capitol Hill this week with the, the vote to remove Kevin McCarthy. We want you to listen to this. He was gracious enough to give us one more. I want you to watch that. We'll come right back from it. Folks, we're really lucky to be joined tonight by one of the leading candidates for president of the United States right now, Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek, I want to ask a little bit, a civil war going on right now in the middle of the House, uh, an effort to remove uh, Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Tell us what you think is going on and how you would like to see it dealt with. So, look, I'd like to take a step back and think about the Republican Party as one that obsesses over the who a little too much. Kevin McCarthy or somebody else, Ronna McDaniel or somebody else, Donald Trump or somebody else. Let's focus on the what and the why. What do we stand for? Why do we stand for it? And let's think about what precipitated this conversation and get the best out of it. We have a national debt problem, $33 trillion in national debt. And we're talking about everything around that issue without actual talking about the substance of it. So what I've said is we need zero-based budgeting in Washington, D.C. Start with zero as the baseline and then build up from that instead of the broken budget that comes from last year. And I want to see the Republican Party move forward. Let's be the party of its substance. Let's talk about what we stand for and why. Then the question of who is best positioned from president to speaker of the House to otherwise automatically comes from that. That's where I'm leading this party. That's where we need to go. 
and the theatrics of who is or isn't in which seat, that matters less than the substance of the issue. How do we confront that national debt problem? That's the question we need to answer. And until we do, everything else is really just a sideshow. All right, folks, that wraps up our first town hall of the AMAC Just the News presidential candidate town hall interview series. We're going to have a whole bunch of these over the next month. Donald Trump is next up on Monday. You'll get that. But today, I hope you enjoyed the substance. A big thank you to AMAC and our good friends there. And remember, if you want to join AMAC and take advantage of what is a $35 five-year membership at AMAC, here's what you do. You go to amac.us slash townhall. That's a special offer because you listen to today's show. amac.us slash townhall to get a $35 five-year membership. Batch me on my five-year membership. I'm a proud AMAC member. Always love to do that. That's a good thing. amac.us slash townhall. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. We'll be back tomorrow with our Saturday edition. A lot of good guests coming up, several members of Congress, a lot more discussion about the McCarthy ouster. And what's next? Who could be the next speaker of the U.S. House by the middle of next week? We'll have that in tomorrow's show. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 
G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. 